I was like getting ready because we're trying video today, and I. Oh, it should be recording us right now on video. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because I hit record. I upgraded us. (gasps) Okay, I'm excited. Um, (laughs) And I told myself I'm not gonna wear makeup for the rest of the month, um, for Mm. the whole month of April. Just because I've been in a routine where I found myself needing to wear it. Like, it's just me and my boyfriend in the house. But I'm like, where's my tinted moisturizer, my bronzer, my blush, and my eyebrows? Mm-hmm. And now that I like live with someone 24-7, it's just got to be a lot. So <laughs> I just feel like me and my natural bare face need to get reacquainted. Um... But I did cheat a little bit and justify putting some on because I didn't want to be too washed out on the video. <laughs> um, but I was just really excited because we haven't recorded in like three weeks and I haven't I put makeup on in two weeks. And so it feels like I'm really like hitting the town. This is it. This is this our is going it. out <laughs> event. <laughs> yeah, the event of the, se- of the spring season. This is our event. I was trying out, I'm trying on a new little setup thing here. Mm-hmm. So I was trying out some different angles and like trying to find the best way. I like want to be in this little corner, but then like I have windows on this side of me. Yeah. So to, like to get the best light, I don't think I can hide in the corner. Yeah. I have, so in my office, they took the doors off the closet. Just like kind of a pain in the ass, but it now there's like this cute little nook that I actually have like a big comfy chair pushed into. And um, my boyfriend was saying that he could put like insulation, foam insulation in the nook so it could be like a little recording area. Um, yeah. That feels like a real level up moment, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, should we get into it? Yes, I'm pulling up the notes now. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Taylor. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. Um, Welcome, everyone, to episode 10 of the Honey and Heart podcast. If you're new here, we talk about womanhood and leadership and more. We release new episodes every other Wednesday. And you can find us on Instagram at Honey and Heart Pod or our website, honeyandheartpod.com. And if you don't want to remember which Wednesday we're coming out with new episodes, sign up for our email list and we will send you an email when we have a new one. Yes. If you're a member of the Honey and Heart community already, hopefully you're subscribed to that email list. Like Taylor said, it's only going to make your life easier. And we're so excited to have you here. Shout out to Bo McDowell for making our amazing intro music and adding to the Honey and Heart podcast. We are so excited to be chatting today. We took a couple weeks off and we're ready to uh, get into episode 10. Jacqueline is recording for the first time from her new home. From my new home, um, I have a room dedicated to it, and it's... Oh, I should talk towards the microphone. I can't keep um, <laughs> You're not in said room yet. I know. I'm not in said room. I'm currently in the midst of some moving chaos, but it's very exciting. Coming live from Tootool... 
Two Tool Designs Science. Workshop. Yeah, Two Tool Designs Studio coming at you live. Um, it looks like I'm currently printing. I'm currently recording in a 3D printing farm, and it's because I basically am. <laughs> All right. Before we get into today's topic, a uh, couple things to talk about. Anything in the news, anything of note. We're in the midst of our spring journaling series. Week one, we were focusing on being bold and boldness in our lives. And week two is about authenticity. And so that's going to be what we're talking about this week. Yeah. In today's episode. And specifically how we can be authentic at work, why we want to be, why we should be. How we can be authentic at work and kind of the things that may come up in the journey to do that. The day-to-day aspects of working for a big company, a corporation, and staying true to yourself before we jump into it. Talking about things going on in the news, we briefly wanted to touch on something that's been affecting, I'd say, 60% of my TikTok for you page. I don't know (laughs) what the percentage is for you, Taylor, but um, the Taylor Swift re-releasing of Fearless. For those of you who don't know, a man bought the rights to Taylor Swift's entire song catalog, so she would no longer be able to get any reimbursement or um, compensation for her work from here on out, so she re-recorded all of her songs so that they're now legally hers as well as, you know emotionally hers they're her story and she felt really tied to it so um at least for me and mine i am looking forward to supporting her and reliving what it was like to be uh, a sophomore in high school (laughs) yeah i think it's crazy how so many industries out there that creators can lose rights to the things that they've created especially someone like taylor swift where she is very involved in her writing process for all her music um because not all artists are but she is and then to just be able to lose all of that in some business deal that you didn't even know was happening yeah it sounds like i mean it's really scary to imagine that like your life's work could be taken away from you um and not just that like you would lose it but that somebody else would like legally own your work and your voice and your stories so um i think what she's doing personally is really rad and we kind of talked about this just before we started recording but i think she's really showing that she's like a leader in her world in the Mm day-to-day decisions that she makes she really is like very thoughtful about them yeah She's always been, even, like, with Spotify and stuff and Mm. making a deal with Spotify. She's always been savvy and obviously does not give her enough credit based off of... We've probably, like, a few of our episodes can kind of cover, like... Yeah. (laughs) Like, people hating on teenage girls in the last one. Um... Oh, I, did, I, did I go over the correction from our last episode? I don't think so. What was it? Um, In our episodes where we talked about moms in the pandemic, mm-hmm. I did, I learned this on TikTok. <laughs> 
Um, but, uh, so we talked about how parents, there's like a study done that says that like moms are not happier. Well, it was just like women without kids were happier than women with kids. Yes. Um, some further developments on that stat. I think the stats we pulled for were only in America because I did learn that there are other countries where parents are happier moms in the U.S. Oh, that's... I don't know that that makes me feel any better, but I am glad that we made the correction. I know. I feel like it would just put some light... I mean, most of the stuff we talk about is obviously U.S.-based because... Yeah. As our perspective. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We would like to know what it's like in other countries, though, but we just don't know. (laughs) If you have a different perspective than ours, reach out and tell us. We would love to be able to expand this conversation bigger. But tying into at least what life is like in the U.S. and for women in the U.S. is our topic today. Um, How to be authentic at work and in a workplace um, in the type of work cultures we have here in the U.S. In corporate America. Yes. Oh, corporate America. (laughs) (laughs) How is your job? Would you call your job corporate? I would say so. It's hard for me to, like, even know if I 100% understand, like, what the difference between, like, corporate is. Because, I mean, I worked as a server bartender from the time I was, like, 19 to 24, 25. So, to me, like, if you didn't have paper bags at your job, like, you worked in corporate America, I remember being like, I just don't want to bag people's shit anymore in any job where you aren't actively bagging someone's food or t-shirts, you're, like, living in corporate America. Um, mm-hmm. But I worked as a government contractor, and now I work in insurance. So I would say both of those sound pretty corporate Pretty corporate. Yeah. <laughs> like, if your job is at all comparable to the movie Office Space... I would say that. Have you not seen that movie? Oh my god. Everybody come for Jacqueline right now in the comments. <laughs> I haven't seen How? it. Oh but my it's, god. It's like one of them that I'm always like, yeah, I like get it, but I just like haven't seen it. You need to watch it. Okay. Like I'm new to today. corporate America. I'm new to corporate America. So now that, that movie I've came out in, it, in like the oh five like in the 2000s <laughs> well i didn't work in corporate america until like 2018 so i'm just it was like i feel like i missed it these excuses are not <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna fly here but it is um so it is interesting like i will say i probably do work pretty corporate when you said corporate america i was like i wonder if people in canada are like corporate canada but i don't <gasps> think so like i really do think that this is an Ooh. idea that like exists here yeah do people that is interesting right? i didn't even think of that do people say that in other countries yeah are they like corporate australia like i don't think I don't think so. Ooh, that sounds so weird. Right? But, like, why does corporate America, you're just like, that's, that's America. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, my America. Okay. Yeah. Well, so now over 50% of working Americans work in corporate America. And also, I did find out that millennials make up most of working Americans right now. Oh, wow. We're in the largest group. Wow. That does sound about right. Sometimes I forget that, like, we're the tail end of millennial. 
um, like there are millennials who are like 35 who have like been in corporate America since they were, you know, 22. That's like a big part of our working force. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... I think the range, like my coworker, he's like 38 and he's like just on the cut. Like he's barely a millennial, but he's a millennial. Mm -hmm. And then my youngest coworker is also a millennial. And I think he's 24, 25 is the cutoff right now. I think that sounds right because my brother's 24 and he's Gen Z. So okay, so I he's probably that, 25. Like, 25 and up, which that's a big range. That I mean, that is like most of our working force. Like, yeah. my, pa- my parents are not millennials, they're Gen X, and neither of them work in corporate America. But most people my age work in some sort of job similar to the way mine is set up. Yeah, and I guess my, it's so weird. Like, my field, I guess, like when you hear construction, people say like blue collar, Mm -hmm. but, um, like I'm in the management side of things. So it's not really blue collar. Like most of construction, like people think, well, most of construction. Yes. Okay. Cause you need people in the field to build things, but like companies that are building things are not always blue collar companies. And I think that's something that I've realized a lot. I think it's maybe just like being naive to what those companies look like. But there are Mm -hmm. a lot of companies where you think like, oh, construction, it's like blue collar working people. But it's like, actually, no. Like, I learned that a lot with like real estate having to like, I just recently bought a new house. Yeah, it is a lot of people like me, but it's also a lot of like companies. It's a lot of organizations. There's a lot of decision making power and there's a lot of money like at the top. And I think mm-hmm. that that is really representative of how corporate things can get in, like, our very capitalist USA. Yeah. Like, I feel like no matter what sort of company you're at, if it's office-based work and you hit, like, 50 employees, like, if you're not a corporation, like, your environment is still very corporate yeah. at that point. Like, you got to start thinking about HR and all of that sort of deal like you become corporate America um but anyways so most of us are in it most of us millennials are in it and um I feel like corporate America like the culture you think of with corporate America is definitely not great (laughs) overall like you just think office politics. Mm-hmm. I think just like rules and regulations, very by the book. Oh my god, what is that trend on TikTok right now? It literally like almost freaks me out when I see it. It's like that weird song, um, kind of futuristic, but they like walk to it in slow uh-huh. motion uh-huh. in place. And then it's like the one of them I've seen is like if you're in this trend, but I don't know what the trend's called, but the the caption was like this trend but in corporate America and it's like, Oh, let's table that discussion for now. <laughs> <laughs> like all the jargon and like oh my god, who would have thought but I totally have picked up 
on saying those things. <laughs> At my old job, me and one of my coworkers used to joke about like, let's have a conversation in full jargon. And it was like, I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. I would love to table this and discuss it later offline. Maybe yep. we can reconnect and really get to like a good synergy on this. And it's like, yeah. what are we even <laughs> saying? At this point, do you have the bandwidth? So much. You're saying so much and so little at the same same time. time. Yeah, do you have the bandwidth? Do you have the bandwidth to take this on? Yeah, it's so weird. Like, I feel like office politics, too, is, like, unavoidable. Um, But it's also, like, really fucking weird to deal with. Like very shady and strategic, and it's weird to be doing that with like people's livelihood. Yeah, it was just such a weird thing to know that um, you're being critiqued on a lot of things, and I would say maybe fourth on the list is how well you do your job. Like, you're being critiqued on how early you come in before the start time you're being critiqued on um how friendly you were or how much you talked in one meeting or how much other people like you and it just it's a really hard thing to to come to terms with I found like just that's what I saw about like office politics that I was like oh wow this is this is definitely a a corporate um environment that can skew negative yeah, definitely. And so now that millennial, I feel like authenticity has become like one of those buzzwords in corporate America. Like literally so is like diversity and or even like culture. Like, oh, we yeah, just have such a great culture All here. Like, culture. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean by it? Like, nobody knows what they mean by saying these things, but they say them because they hear like, you know, that was like one big thing when I was like searching for some articles for this episode is like millennials want to be authentic at work and then it's like what does that even mean like I want to start with why why do millennials want to be authentic at work and I think it has to do with because well to start corporate culture being so weird and like shady or behind the back or people only communicating on like a need to know basis which like I also understand that sometimes keeping thing behind closed doors because not everybody needs to know everything but it's also like I mean how many times at least in my career any time where like you hear something's going on but you don't know the details it like causes so much anxiety <laughs> within everyone there like oh what's gonna happen next <laughs> I think that's so true and that's definitely something that that I'd experienced is no matter like what people say the culture is there's always like a hard time figuring out like the level of transparency like you know if I'm in an office or corporate environment and I hear this that or the other thing is there anybody I can like turn to for clarity or I have to kind of just be like grabbing at breadcrumbs and like giving myself an anxiety attack along the way like um 
I, in one of my previous jobs, you kind of like worked on assignment. So like where you were going to live, you always didn't know about, you had to travel for work and Taylor, you experienced something kind of similar, but just Mm -hmm. when like the rumors would spread around the office that people were going to be put on assignment and you're like, well, where am I going to go? Like, how can I figure this out? How can I feel like I have a sense of control over my work life? It's like, how can I have a say in like the work that I'm doing or the people that I'm associated with or that this company I'm working for is a worthy one and I think that like helps you gauge their culture for like how authentic you're going to be able to be while you're there and then also like how authentic they're going to be too um but like authentic authenticity as a whole I think is extremely important in just any sort of situation that you're in um not just like your corporate job but like we spend so much time at work like if you calculate out the hours it's a bit depressing like the percentage of your waking hours in a week that you spend working there's like a few stats out there I found that like explain why it's even important to like focus on being able to be authentic at work um so a few of them here was that just a third of the employees in North America feel pressure to suppress their personal values and pretend to go along with the values of the organization that they're working at or a part of and then there was another experiment too that found um that forcing or I guess priming individuals to see their work and home identities as like distinct differences different like being a different person at work and being a different person at home um had them obviously they were harboring more feelings of like inauthenticity and also started to question themselves of like I don't know what my real feelings are anymore because I'm putting on this mask to go to work, but now the lines are so blurred, like, which part is me and which part is it? So I think it's, like, pretty obvious to see why it's important that we allow people to be authentic at work, Um, but I just, like, want to dive deeper on, like, what that actually looks like in practice. Like, how can be how can people be authentic at work especially when like still there's no way that we're gonna avoid like playing this weird game or getting Mm -hmm. rid of office politics because you're working with so many different people and that's how people are it's not Mm -hmm. gonna go away (laughs) and this is something that even you and I have had to talk about with this podcast is like I've had people at my job now who follow me on Instagram and when I share like oh I have a podcast like they could listen to this like they know about it and it's like knowing that how can I represent an authentic version of myself at work so that when people see or interact with me outside of work um I still feel like I'm being true and genuine to myself and I'm not having to play up like two sides of my personality like I don't know I feel like it's a a normal feeling so tell me if you've experienced this but when you like start a new job you kind of like look around and you're like all right like who sees this the same way I do like who uh who's looking for the same things as me or who if something is like said in a meeting that's kind of weird can I follow up with and be like hey did like we hear that right like or um 
who can kind of be your like safe space at work. And it's hard knowing that you have to like come into a new work environment thinking about that. And so I think the goal for a lot of people, like something that I would love is to be like, oh no, I can have, I can feel comfortable just like at work. It doesn't need to be with like only one person. Like hopefully you could feel comfortable communicating honestly with your supervisor and communicating honestly with your teammates and not feeling like you have to navigate some like walking on eggshells throughout your work day. Yeah. As much as I'd like to say that I'm not strategic about how I act at work, like I definitely am. And I definitely still play the game. Um, and I don't know if that's because of like a survival thing mm-hmm. or like a like everybody else is doing it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So you have to do it too. I don't know. But I also don't know if that's bad because like, I feel like there's strategy a bit in all relationships in your life, too. Like, you know, I think about how, like, if I do this, how is so-and-so going to respond, and is it going to have a good outcome? Like, I feel like that, you know, strategy is, like, such a corporate road, but that's, like, kind of what you do in all situations in mm-hmm. life is think about your – or you should, at least. <laughs> I, I mean, I totally think so, and I think, like, even – Maybe strategy has a bad connotation, but I mean, what you're saying is totally spot on. Like, if you come home from a rough day at work and you want to, like, dump that on your significant other, like, that's not a good strategy for, like, how the rest of your night's going to go. And the the same thing can happen at work. Like, I remember being at a few different work parties and it was like, oh, interesting the way, you know, like, so and so is operating as if we're just like all friends having a night out when like no the person who like signs your paychecks is here and that's something that I've always been aware of um because you know you can think like oh like off the clock but I just think in a world where your employer can easily see your twitter feed if not like your tiktok that like you you have to kind of think one step ahead and just be aware of that at all times right yeah like even if you're off the clock like it depends on who you're off the clock with Mm -hmm. and who's interpreting that but I also think employers like need to be held responsible to like understand that there is a line and a difference between the like that employee you're hired it's not just like your employee Mm -hmm. they have a life outside of it and you know there's some companies that are getting that and there's some that aren't and I I think I've worked for both Mm -hmm. and um it's just really unique so I think being authentic at work there's some like basic things that need to happen in order for people to be authentic at work like authenticity alone requires psychological safety and to me I don't know this article that I read defined it as like an environment where people can freely take interpersonal risks by sharing their true concerns detecting errors and saying hey we made a mistake let's 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 fix it (laughs) um so I don't know how I felt about this definition exactly Mm -hmm. because I don't know. Like, this is where I get like, what is psychological safety to me? I mean, it is being free to 
I don't know if it's necessarily like being free to take interpersonal risks. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like being able to have like a level of vulnerability where there's still be acceptance. I do think that there's like a level to it and maybe like a risk could be like a level three risk and not a level 10 risk. But I think even just having that openness is something that is important. Um, not every manager is a leader, but like hopefully maybe you could like feel comfortable enough with one leader in your workplace, whether it be like a leader on your team or a leader somewhere on management who you like kind of know or talk to in the hall. And I think having that is what allows you to feel like a little bit more like quote unquote psychologically safe. But mm-hmm. um that's kind of where, where I'm seeing it, where I'm coming from. That Like, there is a level of safety just knowing that there's, like, someone in the vicinity who you could, like, turn to um, to, like, raise a concern or, like, ask a, a difficult question. I want to get your point of view because at my my career is definitely an industry that for a long time and probably still is like made up of people with like similar worldviews, similar mm-hmm. backgrounds and then you where people have all like authenticity was like never a question because nobody was like disagreeing so it was easy to be authentic when you're not disagreeing like on that point so it's like where conflict arises how have you seen people like be able to be authentic at work to where like they accepted differences within each other um it's hard I think you know being somebody who's been in like the work force for I mean 10 years of my life but only really like six years of my life it's just been there's been so much tension as of late that it's difficult um I mean I am like I would say a progressive who was like working in the midwest with a lot of people who I knew like did not vote similarly to me and maybe didn't even have life views similar to mine um But I did find some awareness that, you know, I had like a mini realization, like obviously it's something I've known before, but it's hard to ask someone their view on gay marriage when like they don't know an out gay person. Like Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of unfair because they haven't had the same like exposure that I have so kind of to the same thing of like your point like I we did think similarly but I also had some like understanding of maybe why I see things differently than they do like if somebody is like 21 and doesn't even have like a stop sign in their in their city Mm -hmm. like I have to have a little bit of an understanding that like I grew up in a fairly metropolitan area and had like educated parents and that maybe somebody else didn't have the time that I did to like dive into these things but I'm thankful that I was able to see that in kind of like a work environment because if it was like, oh, do I want this person to be my friend? Be like, "Mm, I don't know that I want to navigate through life with people like that, but being put in like working situations where I had to work through small problems with people like that, I think is something that helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do wonder what it would look like for industries like yours where 
there's not a lot of that like coming together from completely different places to like solve the same problem and I think maybe in construction there is like we were saying earlier tying back there is that coming together with people from all over the world in the marketing and sales and making deals aspect of it and in the zoning and permits and government aspect of it but in the like day-to-day functionality of it um, probably not as much yeah and it is like there have been times where I've like uh, like what you said earlier like working people with differences mm-hmm. like if you understand where those come from it's almost like you were making a decision to like either do I like state how I feel on this idea mm-hmm. or actually you know say what my true feelings are on something or do I compromise to fit in mm-hmm. and I think that's definitely like there's certain parts of my personality depending on who I'm working with that I will play up Mm -hmm. and other ones that I will play down and there have been times at work where I've felt like oh like I have am leading a double life sometimes yeah because who I am at work like I'm definitely not who I am at home do I think that's a bad thing no, but I also think that goes back to what I said at the beginning where where people are, like, being two different people mm-hmm. in their lives, the lines then start to blur mm-hmm. on which one's actually you, which you hope is the you at home, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, the people that I interact with on a day-to-day, the people who I see the most are then knowing this version of me that isn't the true me it's so it's kind of trippy to think about it's it's really trippy to think about and to like take it a step further hopefully i'm not totally alone in this (laughs) Um, tell me what you think but just how some decisions you make are so dependent on the job you have like even just down to like sometimes the clothes i wear aren't really the clothes that I would choose to wear, but it's the wardrobe that I have because 50 hours of my week are dedicated to a job where I have to dress like this. So even when I'm like going to the grocery store or I'm going out to eat, I still wind up wearing clothes similar to that, even though on my best day, that's not how I would put myself out into the world. But I mean, I don't have the time, money or energy to have two totally different wardrobes. <laughs> Bro, I'm laughing because I feel this so much. <laughs> there was, like, one point where um, I was, like, uh, just debating, like, my career path in general. So I was, like, making a pros and cons list. <laughs> and one of the con- one of the pros was, like, if I switch or did something different, like, I could wear whatever I want. <laughs> because that's so true. I um, have to, like, wear pants at, at work at a minimum. Mm-hmm. And then a, a shirt like with at least like four inch sleeves or whatever like I can't oh. even wear a tank top like okay. I have to wear I have to wear sleeves for like safety reasons on site which makes sense but also like you don't understand how limiting that is for women's clothes especially in the business casual realm mm-hmm. and um it's like so that's what most of my wardrobe ends up being too and then you go meet someone after work and yeah you just end up stuck in that fucking wardrobe 
you wouldn't th- you wouldn't think that clothes would be like that big of a deal mm-hmm. but when you consider like the first thing of like how you're perceived by somebody else and like putting yourself out in the world is like how you dress mm-hmm. like it's it shouldn't matter per se but it's also self-expression totally like, dressing the way you want so not getting to express yourself in a way that like feels good to you mm-hmm. that you feel comfortable in all the time is really like i mean it just adds to all the things that you know if you're stressed like there's been so many moments in the morning where i'm getting ready and i was like mm-hmm. i literally hate all of these clothes but I have to wear them right now. Like, mm-hmm. I have to pick one. And it just adds so much stress to just the start of your day, mm-hmm. thinking about that. There's a piece of it, like you said, that makes me feel like, oh, well, you know, like, the clothes don't make me. But it's also like, I like expressing myself through what I wear. Or even just, like, how I look. Like, you know, I remember being like, well, I should bleach and dye my hair while I'm a server. It's great if you are. I just was looking to get out of the industry. So I was really really wanting to like set myself up for success for how to get out of the service industry. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to take my nose piercings out. Um, I can't get like all the ear piercings that I want to get. I won't be able to bleach and dye my hair. I'll shave the side of my head now because I don't know if that'd be allowed in an office. And it's just like so weird that the way that you want to express yourself is somewhat like dampened and that does tie into how you authentically navigate the world and I don't know that it's something that's ever made me feel bad but it is something that especially now I felt stunted in because I'm at a point where I want to have like my personal style but there's so much more involved past just what I like yeah definitely and I think that's uh, one thing that like our generation and I'm sure Gen Z is going to too is really push back on like you if you look at like Silicon Valley like they're not wearing suit and ties like they are in New York but like there's still companies out there that give you guidelines that are dictating what you can wear and how you can even do your hair and what color your hair can be and you know as we've come to find out well not I mean I guess we've come to find out I don't know whatever it was we've come to find out I mean that some of those policies are even racist and sexist yeah Yeah. (laughs) like I mean school dress codes are like a huge thing too like I don't want to totally derail from what we're talking about, but I mean, we as millennials who are now in the workforce have been told what to wear. I mean, especially if you went to public school, private school, you had uniforms, but I mean, it's it's still fairly same idea. It's a thing that you have to do at five, and then you realize that you still are doing it at 45. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Have you ever had to buy a suit for a job? Like have a suit? Not a suit. No. For my old job, we had to have suits. And it's just interesting. Like, I have two suits. They're, like, nice. I wore them a few times. And I think if you ask, like, 17-year-old me, like, what what success after college would look like, it'd be, like, having a job where I was, like, paid a good amount and I could, like, move out and live on my own and, like, occasionally I wore a suit. (laughs) And it's, like, cool that I had it, I guess. (laughs) But it just... It's not something that felt, like, um, motivating or exciting or, I 
think in my mind I thought it was like luxurious and fancy mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like excited to like have times in my metropolitan 20 year old life where I was luxurious <laughs> and fancy um, yeah. and then when it happened it just was not that <laughs> I know it's yeah uh, it's so weird to me too that we like so for my job like I most of the policy is around like safety in the field of what I have to wear so like that makes sense but other jobs out there where you have a policy and you're just like coming into an office like I understand like a level of appropriateness and like being modest Mm -hmm. but as far as like limiting anything in the realm of like colors Mm. or like you know I don't know. What else would it be? Heels or like hair done in a certain way. Um, Mm -hmm. Like even just like my nose piercings having to be taken out. Like that was a weird thing. Um, Yeah. It's like what impact does that have on your job? Yeah. Too. Or your your ability to do your job well. Yeah. And like... You, some people argue, like, like in a customer-facing situation that you need to be presentable. But it's also saying, okay, what are you defining as presentable mm-hmm. then? Mm-hmm. And is it... It's so weird to be at fault for, like, how people perceive you. Yeah. Like, I had... So, at my last job, I had, like, a review once. I was working on this courthouse, and we were doing, like, the warranty period. So, it's at, it was all built after mm-hmm. construction. They're open, but for, like, the full year after construction, you're on the hook to, like, fix anything that goes wrong. Oh. So that's what we were doing at the time. And so it was a courthouse where you have a whole detention center on the back when they bring in the prisoners um, and they come in a whole different way to get to the courtroom um, than anybody else does, than the lawyers do or anything. Um, So the whole backside of the courthouse is like basically a detention facility. And um, there is a gate that they would bring in. So they drive in prisoners on a bus. They're on a bus with guards, handcuffed, foot cuffed. Okay. And they come through this one gate. And then after they come through that gate, this big garage um, opens up. They drive into there. They close. And then that's when they offload the prisoners and bring them in. And then the other side opens up for the bus to leave. And then there's another gate that they exit through okay so that first gate i know this is a long-winded story but it, i'm it's interested all though i'm really in- <laughs> i am like i feel like i'm like this is a verbal episode of how it's made like i'm like i'm in it okay. yeah <laughs> and so okay so that first gate that the bus comes in um into the parking lot was malfunctioning that day And so I had a guy that was going to meet me out there at like five in the morning to look at this. I'm like, it's an hour and a half drive for me to get to work. So I'm driving there. I get a call from that guy saying, I'm not going to make it. And so at the courthouse, they had the, there was like a few people in charge that we had to coordinate with. And one of them was the like chief of police who worked there. And he was like a very 
he was like in his 80s, a very old school chief of police guy, old white guy. Okay, so I'm on my way there. This guy calls and cancels on me to fix this gate. And I'm like, well, can I call you when I get there to try and like troubleshoot? Like I know there's like a computer under it and stuff. So I was like, I can t- read to you what it's saying and mm-hmm. you can like tell me what buttons to press. And so he said, sure. And so the week before, I was told that, like, I need to communicate anything that's happening, any changes that are happening with whatever I'm doing on site so everyone's aware. So I send this email to say, look, I'm so sorry this guy canceled on me, mm-hmm. but I'm still driving there right now, and I'm going to call him to troubleshoot. Like, we're going to work and do whatever I need to do to get this gate fixed. Um, so I send that email and I get to the courthouse and I check my email and I see I have a response from the chief of police. And he said, I don't appreciate your laissez-faire attitude. Like this is outrageous. I can't believe like this isn't being addressed properly, blah, blah, blah. And then goes on to say, if anything were to happen to like, this is very serious gate that like the prisoners get brought in through. So if anything were to happen and this gate was open and a prisoner escaped and got out and got into the surrounding neighborhoods and God forbid did anything in the surrounding neighborhoods, your company and you would be held personally accountable for this. That's I was insane, Taylor. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, first of all, this doesn't make sense. Like this gate is not holding the prisoners in first of all it's like a secondary gate to the parking lot that then the bus drives into a giant garage to offload them right second of all they're on the bus armed guards foot cuffs handcuffs like if a prisoner gets through that bro that's your fault not mine (laughs) um but also i was like my laissez-faire attitude i'm still going there to fix it like what is he even talking about okay so this happened right i go i end up getting the guy to come out there later in the day than i'd planned and i got it to at least close Mm -hmm. it just went open um and so i was like well use the other gate for now and they did that so it's fine like the gate's not fucking open (laughs) prisoners are getting out (laughs) and um so then I had this review from my manager and we go and sit in this meeting and this manager, I wasn't really, how far, how far out are these two? Is it like same day next week? A month, like a okay. month out, Okay. month later. Uh, and I'm le- I'm on a different, I was leaving that project. So my mm-hmm. manager was like giving me a review of how I did on that project. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I like, wasn't very close to him. Didn't talk to him that much. Like I'm saying maybe like four phone calls in a month was like our level of communication so didn't really know him well but anyways in my review he goes to say that one of the things I need to work on is how I'm perceived and cites back that incident and I'm like tell me what I could have done differently to where that wouldn't have happened and mm-hmm. there would have been a different reaction. Like, how is anything that I did would have, like, who could have predicted that outcome, first mm-hmm. of all? And what could I have done differently that would have not have even had that outcome in the first place? Yeah. Like, what more could I do? I was told I wasn't communicating enough, so I start communicating more. Mm-hmm. And then 
get it. I was just so outraged. So literally in my review, I was like, you can't say that to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how am I supposed to control that? And his, yeah. he, he was, he had no response for me. He was yeah. just like, I don't know. I don't know. Then I'm like, how is that fair then to bring up as criticism, constructive criticism for me? <laughs> and something that's going to go to like other projects. Like you could return back to that. That's like written down somewhere that the feedback we have for Taylor <laughs> Is <laughs> I'm joking. Are you okay? I like cry. <sighs> okay. Okay. Take I'm a okay. Nice sip. Okay. Um, but that's yeah, what like, I was choking on. <laughs> but you were choking on the bullshit. Um, yeah. But the exactly. feedback that they have for you is like Taylor needs to work on other people not canceling on her. It's like, how yeah. is that something you even have control over? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, this guy's obviously insane if he thinks he's going <laughs> to pin back a ve- They're very dangerous people, Taylor. Yeah. Like, you don't know what they're capable of. Like, escaping from prison and killing your guard. <laughs> and then oh, what, like, God. I'm like, what are you even in? Like, it made no fucking sense. What a world. But, so it's like, it, controlling how you're perceived is literally... It's mostly impossible, mm-hmm. honestly, because it, so many people are going to re- react, like, so differently. So, that's, like, one thing I don't think that we can, like, make employees responsible for. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I don't know. I was going to bring this into something else, too. Well, and you were just talking about, like, you know, when you're in, like, a customer-facing role, having to be responsible for, like, looking presentable, but just how other people perceive you and what they perceive to be presentable, that's, like, an unfair metric for you to have to be upheld to. Like, that's not a yardstick. Like, I don't know how you would do that. Okay, so here's another incident I've ran into at work with being authentic because, me, you know, I didn't really truly think of like what about what it means to be authentic at work until um, some events that have happened in this last year, and because I was running into like a few issues, some interpersonal issues on some projects I've been on, um, but I really got thinking about it because. At a discussion with someone I work with about how, yes, we... So, I think this was, like, programmed in my brain. Like, oh, we want to be authentic at work. So, I always would say, like, people, you know, we need to create a space where people can be their authentic selves at work. Mm -hmm. And so, I was having a conversation about this with someone. And I say that. And they say, yes, but... And their yes, but was that... I'm trying to feel, trying to think of the best way to summarize this and to where you are. So the issues was around like something political and it's like, yes, Mm -hmm. you can be authentic, but not to an extent to where you're then sort of like judging people for Mm -hmm. their political views. Mm -hmm. And here's where the line gets so tricky to me. If you ask me what's considered political, me personally, I would say everything. Yeah. I mean, if if you boil down to it and you really like have the time and the resources to 
to look at the root of a lot of issues, like they tend to be political. Like I think you and I have both seen the TikToks of the guy who talks about like the freeways going through the lower income communities. Have have we talked about that? No, but I've definitely seen that. <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, when the white people in the upper middle class neighborhood petitioned and raised money to fight this freeway going through their neighborhood, they were successful. But when the lower income community of color was told that a freeway would be going through their community, they didn't have the opportunity to do it. Like, and that's freeways. Mm-hmm. That's something we drive on absolutely every day. But like that boils down to being a political issue. So mm-hmm. It is hard because, like, you know, even you and I in talking about this, like, we go back and forth on some things. But I do think that there – I think it's a combination of companies are like, look, we're being authentic, so you should be authentic to us, and you should give us, like, all you've got. And – even if you're being authentic as an employee, even if your employer says that they're being authentic and you think that they're being transparent and communicative, like starting back from the beginning of this episode, like they're still a corporation. Like their mm-hmm. bottom line is not necessarily the health and well being of their workforce. Their bottom line mm-hmm. is numbers and Excel spreadsheets and. Mm-hmm. And different types of growth. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And this is where I think things really need to fucking change. So the only people to me that will say, like, keep politics out of it, like, not talk about politics, are the people that politics only minorly affects, mm-hmm. right? Which are typically white, middle, upper class people, mm-hmm. specific, usually specifically men. And also, generations before us, and even, I'm sure you heard this at your dinner table growing up, too, that, like, the things that you don't talk about with even family are, like, politics and money. Money, Like, so, yeah, yeah, so much taboo around those topics. Mm -hmm. But there are some people out there, and I'm sure we're both working with them, where just being themselves can be seen as a political thing. Yeah. Like, literally just being yourself. That's so true. So then it's like, to what extent then are you saying, like, so people cannot come to the... I don't think people can, and I don't know if there's a way to, that in the future people actually can come to work as their authentic selves. Maybe this is a really good thing for us to, like, take this story and, like, bring a positive example to it. So, um, real quick, something I wanted to touch on, and when Taylor and I first started this podcast, we said we worked in, like, male-dominated fields, which was true at the time. I did work in IT and software, so it was very much so, like, a male-dominated field. And I would say most, if not all, of the decision makers were men. I've worked for in the insurance world for the last, like, four months. Um, but working in, like, corporate America and working in any, like, corporate position, we still do live in a male-dominated corporate society. So I'm going to take that and run with it. But mm-hmm. the example of just how people can come to work and be their authentic selves. So um, I had a person reach out wanting confirmation about details on their plan, on their insurance plan in regards to um, LGBTQ issues and gender confirming surgeries and procedures and that whole like path. 
and I was kind of like, oh, all right, this one's going to be a doozy. It's going to require a lot of research. I'm going to have to like really get on the phone with the right people at the insurance carriers to make sure that I'm giving this person the right information because like this is a big deal. Like you don't want to lead someone astray. Like this person was already doing so much research on their end. They sent me like a bunch of just like random documents they found online and they were like, this is really confusing. Like I need some confirmation. And I was like, okay. So me and this person are going back and forth, back and forth. And then they're like, hey, let me introduce myself. I'm so-and-so, and I'm actually the, like, LGBTQ coalition leader for my company. So this isn't in regards to, like, me specifically, but... I have a role where I, as a part of my, like, job role and being a part of this committee and, like, being a lead on this committee, I am the one who's supposed to have good information and be a resource to my coworkers when they have questions about their gender-confirming surgeries. And I was like, that right there makes a huge difference. So what it is is rather than one person feeling alone and having to navigate this whole medical procedure, insurance world, HR world of going through something that allows them to be themselves. Like there's so many strings attached to just being themselves, but instead that company has taken the initiative to make a committee and one person reaches out to be a resource for the whole company. Like I just thought that sounds so positive and allowing people to not feel alone going through a process that is like really really difficult to navigate and so I just like to be authentic to give people a community at work and resources at work to navigate things like that felt a step in the right direction from the company and employer side totally like people should be taking notes right now because I think I think this is something people struggle with overall because here's if you are feeling that like somebody else showing up as their authentic selves in the workplace is going to then make you hate them or if you're internalizing your worldview as part of your identity then I think you need to do some reflection on what your truly your authentic version of yourself is. Mm-hmm. Because number one, I don't think we are our worldviews. I think there's probably who you are dictates some of your worldviews. Mm-hmm. But I do not think that your worldview defines your identity. And then also I think if you will hate someone because they expose who they truly are when that person is still, you know, kind, uh, you know, in specifics, when you're going to hate someone because of who they love yeah, or because of how they express themselves to even, you know, like we're talking about dressing, like I, I would say... I, I relate it's making your insides match your outsides yeah. right mm-hmm. is really what it is and so if somebody's doing that for their gender mm-hmm. and if 
them doing that and expressing their insides as their outsides or for loving someone who Mm -hmm. you don't think that they shall love like if if that's what you're gonna judge people on then you need to check yourself on that so you're saying being your authentic self is being someone that hates gay people when the gay person like when me like when somebody as a gay person being their authentic selves Mm -hmm. is loving their significant Mm -hmm. other it's weird that you would choose (laughs) to have as a part of your identity disliking someone else's identity like something that inhibits Mm -hmm. you from being your authentic self is somebody else living their authentic life like it should never be that way and I think that one thing that you know ways that like we like you and I and anybody listening can be um, can be helpful to people as they are trying to express their authentic selves is like we can try our best to be authentic and hopefully that will like give space for other people to feel that they can be like I remember like putting the your pronouns in your social media bio like when you do that it like doesn't make um, queer people feel nervous for having to do that like you're choosing to do something they have to do but because of that you're like alleviating it and you're allowing it to be the norm and Mm -hmm. I think being your authentic self can be the norm for all of us and when we all choose to be it it'll make it easier for other people like people who for them it's like life or death choosing to be who they are and we're lucky enough to like not be in that situation but because of that like you should want to be who you are because you're allowing other people the space to be who they are. Yeah, definitely. I think I had a real wake-up call in my work to where I did feel at one point that I was, like, leading two separate lives mm-hmm. to be like, well, if I'm a person who's cisgendered white woman and Mm. feeling this way I can only imagine Mm. like I felt isolated in my situation just you know and I'm the you know one of the most privileged uh groups Mm -hmm. in the world and in in the country in the world too (laughs) but um in one of the most privileged groups and I'm feeling this way I can only imagine what it would be like to you know be someone different than I am in this Mm -hmm. space so I what I've created like what I think we need to do and what I've now felt like is my mission is to create safe spaces for people to come to work because also I and I always go back to this because it's just what businesses and corporations relate to because Mm -hmm. they are looking at the numbers they are looking at the bottom line people perform better at work when they feel comfortable to Mm -hmm. be themselves and safe to be themselves so if you look at it from that aspect um how can you argue if it's going to be better on your bottom line? Yeah. So then you're really just going to double down on the argument that you just hate someone for being who they are, yeah. I guess, <laughs> is what you're doing here. Because allowing people to be who they are is going to be better for your company. Mm-hmm. And I really think if you're a corporation and you're if you're employing people, period, mm-hmm. like not even a corporation, if you're employing people, you are taking on a certain responsibility for their well-being. 
and I truly, I truly believe that. And you need to act as such. Mm-hmm. And you need to consider that person as a person. Otherwise, go hire a ro- go build a robot to do what you need yeah. them to do. Because then you don't have to worry about their well being. That's I, I'm just like I'm really loving that. I just think <laughs> that like that puts it in like such a good frame and. I think the further you get away from that, the harder time all parties involved are going to have because the truth is, like, you're affecting someone's livelihood with the money you give them. And if you, mm-hmm. if they stopped getting money from you, that could be the difference between a lot of things in their life. That could be the difference between having a place to sleep. It could be the difference between what they eat or don't eat. And it's important to have that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um and when you stop seeing it that way, um, it gets really tricky. And I don't want to dive into all of this, but you saying that really had me thinking mm-hmm. of Rachel Hollis and how she was like, I pay a lady to clean my toilets. Oh, and it was yeah. the way she said it like that. It was like, you don't understand the role you have in her life. And for you to go on social media and like talk about how someone's mom comes to clean your toilets makes you sound horrifying. Yeah. Like an absolutely terrible person. Yeah. It's just... It truly is. It's the lack of empathy for me, (laughs) right? It's like if you're, if you don't realize that you're literally hiring another human being, yeah, who's an equal person to you for no matter what job it is, no matter who you are in life, every single human being is equal to who you is equal to you. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's like, but it's in the fucking constitution, (laughs) y'all. Um. But if you do not realize that in any sort of situation and act as such, like, what the fuck are you, what the fuck are you doing? I am sorry, but it's just one of those things you're never going to get me. You want me to have empathy for you for not having empathy for other people? Like, fuck off. (laughs) Well, and even That's just, like, insane. the most privileged people in society, when you hear about, like, what their day-to-day life was, it's like, you're a human person just like me. Time for us to just, like, get over ourselves and realize that, like, you're no better or worse than anybody else. Yeah. And <laughs> even what your position in society is, don't give me a hard time. Like, <laughs> uh, it's just like, you know, we're all just people and we need to be aware of that and and never allow ourselves to get too wrapped up or take ourselves too seriously yeah like if you think that you're better than me when it comes down to it you're always going to have to walk that certain line of revealing certain things about yourself at a certain time and being you know, being in a space that's safe to reveal certain things. Um, and it's a bit unfortunate. Yeah. I do think that there's like a difference between authenticity and like complete openness. Like, yeah, just like you can, be, you can be honest without being rude. Like you can be authentic without like oversharing. Like you can mm-hmm. navigate in ways that are true and honest to you. But 
your coworkers don't have to know what you do on the weekends. They don't need to know aspects of you. And for some people, like they want to keep those things to themselves. And Mm -hmm. I think the level of friendships and openness you want to have at work is totally determined by the individual. Um, But like you were saying, I think it's important to navigate things and, um, you know, not share. Like I had a coworker who he was very much like openly gay and he would tell you that he was gay he like had a boyfriend but when he was at work he would say like oh my partner and he would navigate he would act his same normal self but he just thought I don't need everyone here to know I'm gay because I told one person I was gay if somebody asks me Mm -hmm. I'll tell them but people don't walk around saying that they're straight all the time so like I don't need I it makes me feel more uncomfortable in the current situation I'm in, it would make me feel more uncomfortable to let everybody know that I'm gay. So if they're friends, they know me, they know my boyfriend, they know what I do outside of work, but otherwise I'm just the guy who works here. And I Mm -hmm. think that that is like it. That's being authentic. That's being true to yourself, not hiding anything, but just knowing that like I can be at a work I can be at work and not everybody knows if I have a boyfriend. Not everybody knows what my current relationship status is. And so not everyone needs to know your sexual orientation. Like that can be your business. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Then that is one thing I think. So I did see an argument that uh, would be like my opposite viewpoint on this, that like straight people referring to their significant other as their partner Mm -hmm. like you're not really doing anything like people (laughs) you know and to me that's but I also think that's like the same as putting your pronouns in your bio or your email signature Mm -hmm. like no it's not really I mean you're not doing anything really Mm -hmm. by doing that but you are also creating a space where if somebody else did that, yeah, they're not going to be isolated for doing so. Totally. So, like, having that ambiguity... Uh, and, uh, and personally, I just like calling my partner my partner because mm-hmm. it, that makes the most sense of a label. Like, calling him boyfriend seems fairly juvenile. Now calling him fiancé sounds... It just feels very yeah. a little elitist for me, <laughs> um, personally. So yeah. I choose partner. But like then, if somebody else says it, you're not like, oh, that person's probably gay because they're calling them their partner. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's how I see it. And but everyone has different perspectives. <laughs> I think it's just like allowing people the right to like choose for what works for them. But like you said, like allowing there to be a different norm and like opening up the possibilities, I think is always a good thing. Yeah. And I would say, so now that we've both shared our thoughts, I would, <laughs> this is actually one episode. I know we see it say it every time guys that we would love to hear from you but this is actually one thing because I don't have an answer here like Mm -hmm. there is such a fine balance with this like we don't know what the fuck we're doing we've never done this before (laughs) of like finding figuring out how to be authentic and at our career in our career well in our careers what is that yeah that's the way I would say it I'm like got a little lost there but this is one thing I definitely want to hear from other people about like have you been in a situation where you haven't been authentic at work what does that even mean to you uh, of like how you're able to 
be yourself without showing too much of yourself. I mean, people work in completely different environments than us. Like we can only speak to the career and corporate world that we've lived in, but there's like a lot of different opportunities out there and a lot of different like ways to grow in your career. Um, And also I think this episode is coming out on Wednesday, right? And then we're going to have our clubhouse on Sunday. So if people are listening to this and you have something you want to say or you're interested or you have like a tip, something that has made you feel really confident in being authentic, um, join our clubhouse. It'll be on Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And um, we want to hear from you for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And that perfectly ties in. The whole reason we're doing our clubhouse meetings every Sunday, our clubhouse Sunday brunches every Sunday, is because we're in the middle of our spring journaling series, which Jacqueline touched on at the beginning of this episode. Last week, we were exploring what it means to be bold and what that looks like for you. This week, we're talking about authenticity. So we had a prompt come out yesterday. We'll have one come out tomorrow. And then our Sunday Clubhouse. So join us. Um, if you haven't been on Clubhouse, it's like Zoom without the video. You can talk to us. We can talk to you. Super easy to set up. And um, you do have to be invited. And I believe the app is only available on iOS. Um, but just send us a DM and we'll get you in there. Yes. So... Um, and now we're back onto our normal schedule for releasing episodes. Um, Jacqueline's all moved in, so you'll be hearing from us two weeks from now. Yes, we're excited to keep the conversation going. Join us on Clubhouse. Like Taylor said, it's really casual. Like uh, We had breakfast together and chatted, and so we would love to chat with y'all. Um, follow us on Instagram at HoneyAndHeartPod. Check out our website honeyandheartpod.com you can sign up for our email list to stay up to date on everything we have coming up including the spring journaling series Um, we're really trying to figure out ways that we can grow this discussion and have this conversation because as we've talked about in our other podcasts like Taylor and I created Honey and Heart because this is something that like we wanted as women who are like navigating different spaces and as young people and as 20 somethings like there's a lot of layers to this and we know that it can't just be me and her so um, we hope everyone is staying happy healthy and overall positive Um, thank you so much for listening bye